0: Journey to Organization, episode 155. Quick Hanukkah recipes and organization tips.
1: You're listening to the Journey to Organization podcast with Rebecca Saltzman.
0: advice to help you clear your clutter and your mind. Hello and welcome to the Journey to Organization podcast. I'm your host, Rebecca Saltzman. And today I have an all-star guest list. Naomi Nachman, Rosa Seidenwar, and Tamar Ansh each of whom will share with us their quick tips for Hanukkah cooking and how to organize in the kitchen. Now these interviews were part of a larger interview series I did with each guest. To see the cooking demo I did with Rosa and the full interview I did with Naomi, head to Instagram and follow at Balagan Begon, B-A-L-A-G-A-N, B-E-G-O-N-E on Instagram, and check out the IGTV channel and you can see the full interviews. Tamar's full interview is featured here. To start us off, Naomi Nachman is going to chat with us about how she organizes and gets ready for Hanukkah. She is the Aussie gourmet, and you can find her new book, Perfect for Pesach, on Amazon. Check the show notes for the link. You can also follow her on Instagram, at Naomi Nachman. So without further ado, you can hear me chatting with Naomi about her famous cheesy latkes, some quick tips to avoid cooking every night on Hanukkah, and best practices for freezing food and food she always loves to keep on hand. So Hanukkah's coming and <laughs> I love Hanukkah. Hanukkah's like probably one of my favorite holidays. After Purim, actually Purim's my favorite.
2: Um, oh, mine.
0: Pesach is yours? I love it. You know, I love Pesach a lot more now that we only have one Seder. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, you you jit. You jit.
0: That's what my kids think. I'm like, nope, because you don't make the Seder.
2: <laughs> right, but you're all that hard work for one Seder. Come on, at least get two out of it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> just uh,
2: joking. I'd rather I'd rather be in have one Seder. One
0: what, what Seder is pretty awesome. Also, <laughs> it's like very enjoyable. It's less tiring, I think. Two
2: day Yentif is right. hard. Well, you know, can we just I know we're talking about Hanukkah, but one thing yeah. I want to say about Pesach. Yeah. Pesach this year is going to be two days for you because it's starting off with double. Shabbat comes first. Then you're going to be rest all Shabbat afternoon. And then you're going to be wired and awake for the Seder. <laughs> it'll be Almost it'll be great.
0: Shabbat. So uh, what are some ways we can organize ourselves? Hanukkah this year comes out on a Thursday evening. So we also have to get ready for Shabbat. What are some things we can do to organize ourselves so we can have some great Hanukkah meals, uh, also enjoy the candles and, and just prep ourselves? What are some maybe fast recipes or tips and tricks we can do to organize and get ready? Okay, cut stress.
2: I grew up in Australia where Hanukkah in the summer. We went to camp during Hanukkah. Okay. We lit candles at nine o'clock at night, you know? Yeah, <laughs> dinner, and then you lit candles like okay. a few hours later. Um, yeah, super weird. Um, okay. You know, you try to be organized as much as you can start earlier on the week with knowing at least what you're going to make, make your Hanukkah menu Sunday night before Hanukkah. Okay. Four days before that will definitely help know what parties you're going to do the shopping. Those kind of things will help because fried food is all Hanukkah is all about fried food and fried food is best fresh. Okay. So Maybe like during the day you'll make the batter for something that you want to um, fry up later. You know, there's no rhyme or reason to not to do that. You know, if you can prep your vegetables, I've got a recipe in my book for crumbed, crumb zucchini. Okay. And then you fry it um, and be battered broccoli. Delicious. I literally make those a few times a year. Of course, one of those being Hanukkah. Okay. Um, but you know, prepare the batter in the afternoon and clean up that broccoli in the afternoon, you know, don't have to wait, you know, early on in the day, you don't have to wait till candle lighting to like, okay, let's now make something, you know, have it prepped, light the candle, sit, chill. And then afterwards, also get the kids involved.
0: Right. I'm down with getting the, the kids
2: involved. You know, like yeah. you, or if your kids are, you know, everyone's in a different situation these days that people aren't traveling and you're not with the grandparents. There aren't going to be these grand Hanukkah parties that's okay. We've learned to accept that this year since Purim or Petha world is different. Right. Um, but just just try to plan those menus ahead. I think okay. that's really, really important. And don't go crazy, you know? Mm. Don't go crazy. So in terms of
0: like freezing food, how oh, how can what are some things that freeze really well and what are like recipes or starters that we could do to freeze that we could just pull out of the freezer and then make.
2: So in general, things in the sauce freeze well. Things in the Meat sauce. Meatballs, okay. cabbage, like any, uh, are great. But also okay. a lot of things where people think like, oh, you can't freeze that. I'm like, yes, you can. If you know how to freeze it well, actually in my book, perfect for Pesach, okay. um, sold over 14,000 copies. And I, Amazing. there are copy, copies, copies coming to Israel, more copies. My daughter has a bunch of my books also in Becham. Uh, okay. Everybody wants to reach out um, at a, slightly better price in the bookstores. Um but they are available on on, on Amazon. Um, Amazing. But but I, I say it's all about the reheating process. Okay. You can freeze potato cookle. People are like, what? And I'm like, yes, it goes, but you reheat it freezer to oven. You never let it to frost. Or also freezer particles to frost oh. make water pools inside of the little okay. pockets of potato and get right. water in disgusting. So freezer to oven. So that's another really good tip. Don't it's, let the, the foods a frost. Okay. So um, when you it freeze it freeze then, really well. how do
0: you freeze it so that it can go straight into the oven? Like do you just...
2: In f- a 9 by 13 tin pan okay. or an oven to tableware dish.
0: But in the freezer, like it, the drastic temperature change in the glass, like won't make a difference?
2: If the glass is Pyrex or something yeah. can go into the freezer and into the oven. Oh, great! I thought there would be too much, yeah, oh, good to know yeah,
3: good yeah, to... yeah yeah
2: yeah okay. yeah, yeah I'm pretty sure i've 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 done it in with my American stuff, so hopefully the Israeli stuff will <laughs> we get pyrex <laughs> a yeah. lot of
0: the a lot of the listeners are in America actually
2: okay, so yeah. so nine by thirteen pans, you know, okay, it's great,
0: all right, um okay, so if you besides for you mentioned to me that you could freeze latkes what do you do you form them and then no no
2: no 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 cheese latkes can be frozen my cheese latkes can be frozen
0: okay so you have a recipe for cheese latkes in your new book
2: they are amazing amazing (laughs) this is my mother's recipe i will not take credit for it it's my mother's recipe but she you know she used to just throw things in a bowl, you know, and got it right every time. But I'm like, mom, I need it for my book. We have to measure it. So we spent the time measuring it. It was okay. great.
0: That's a nice way to have a good experience with your mom.
2: Oh, it was fantastic. must've been a really great. great experience. Yeah. Yeah. My, my, both my parents were here to, my parents came for Pesach two years ago Yeah. and my dad makes an amazing spaghetti bolognese. So I wanted oh. his recipe and He's like, throw in a few glugs of wine. I'm like, Dad. And I write this story in the intro into, into the recipe. I'm like, they won't know at Art Scroll what Glugs of Wine is. I need a measurement, Dad. So he goes, you know, chuck in a cup. He's got a real thick Australian accent. Throw in a cup of, you know, what red wine. So we did it by taste and we got a great recipe. Amazing. So that's that. So the cheese likens can be made. My suggestion is you can double triple them. Okay. Have them in the fridge. They stay in the fridge all week. And they're great for a lunch snack or, or you know, lunch or a snack or dinner. Like they're great. Just heat them up. So actually fry
0: them and then and then heat them up. Yeah. Okay. So you can reheat them in the oven. And same thing or- goes straight from the freezer to the oven.
2: Yeah. We we actually those never make it to the freeze because so they get even too fast. <laughs> but they can
3: be frozen.
0: Okay. All right. So any other really great tips to organize ourselves, not necessarily just before Hanukkah, but in general to, to really. Yeah.
2: To make, make life that, easier. Yeah. If you're making a roast for Shabbos, right? Okay. Let's got sauce or something. Make two, throw one in the freezer. Okay. Why not? You know, um, let's talk about soups. Okay. Like in fact, as we speak, um, we're prepping some vegetable soup. Go to the fridge once a week see what's in there and make soup. Anything that is not fresh from the, anything that's oh, from the week left leftovers. Leftovers. I call yeah. it the kitchen sink vegetable soup. <laughs> it's actually in uh, perfect for Pesach book, but also okay. in, in my other books, like I make a ton of different suits and just stuff I have in the house. Okay. Shop your freezers. Don't laugh. We're talking about Pesach on Hanukkah, <laughs> but like we're going to start thinking about clearing things out. Pesach is early this year. It's March. Okay. Right. So, so just in general, like use up what you have, you know, a can of chickpeas is great in a soup. Yeah,
0: a hundred percent.
2: I have that in a few of my recipes, but um, soups freeze well, I always have the soup on hand, um, schnitzel raw bread, you know, do the schnitzel, make a whole bunch at once. Okay. Um, you know, the egg wash, like yeah. flour, egg, bread crumbs, put it on a cookie sheet lined with parchment paper, getting back to the cookie sheets again. Right. And then have like in a pan or even lay it up pieces of schnitzel and you take two or three out and freshly fry them as you need it. You uh-huh, let that got it. So like those kind of things really help Shabbat, especially now in the winter shop comes in at like four o'clock. Right. Right. You know, I know what it's like in Israel, but it comes in really early. Yeah, so it's early. I can't, I can't, I can't, you know, manage those first Fridays are crazy. Um, Find those recipes that are easy to make, that your family enjoys. Also get the kids involved in planning a menu. That always really helps with uh, getting the kids to eat, especially the picky ones. Okay. They have a voice in your, in your dinner choice and that will give a chance for them to eat it, you know?
0: Right. I'll- I'm totally down with that. I agree. If I can pry them away from their devices.
2: <laughs> you know what about that? Tick-tick, you know? Yep.
0: Okay. So any final tips that, you know, we can share today?
2: Um, Just stay, stay on top of things. And sometimes, you know, ordering out is great.
0: I am down with that too.
2: Don't get bogged (laughs) down with, you know, enjoy (laughs) life. I love cooking. You know, you don't have to go out to eat fancy, but sometimes once a week give yourself that night off, treat yourself, you know, self care is ordering something in for the family. Or just a simple, you know, a simple, a low-key dinner. Um, my, in my house, they all make fun of me. There's either nothing to eat or twenty dishes for dinner. <laughs> so it depends on what's going on. But
0: we're big fans of uh, breakfast for dinner. So some nights we have pancakes. Some nights we have omelets. It's right. So it's a whole dinner. So we usually
2: have right. No, why not? You know, sometimes yeah. we have, you know, just even like a simple chicken go-to is our house chicken or steak because steak cooks up really fast right i live in a neighborhood where we have a supermarket called, a supermarket called gourmet club so i'll buy pre-breaded schnitzel fry that up with you know oh. fries mm-hmm. and salad you know chips, right you know schnitzel chips and salad boom great dinner and it's I a good job huh? you know semi-cooked uh fr- frozen fries and then just cook them up for another 20 minutes you know right. so you know so healthy but you know try to have also if you're getting the kids to eat healthy when they come home from school have a you guys finish much earlier than we do in new york but like in in new york my my kids aren't even going to school (laughs) right there you go so have a platter of vegetables tomatoes and cucumbers sitting on the table when they come in the door you know or when they're back from playing or whatever the situation is so when we lived in new york
0: i definitely gave my kids dinner at like four o'clock when we came home from school when my husband and i ate later in the evening if they wanted to eat something with us they totally could but like they had their main dinner earlier so that they wouldn't snack on garbage all afternoon and then
2: right i it, it so kills much me they that yeah and they're happy to eat it i call fruits and vegetables hashem's candy
0: <laughs> That's a good way to look at it. Yeah. Okay. So Naomi, how can people find you and tell us about how they can buy
2: your newest book? So you can find me on Instagram at Naomi Nachman, uh, Facebook. Um, they can buy my book on Amazon. So my newest book is two years old. Okay. Uh, actually, yesterday, November tenth was its second. Uh, November tenth, yes, was its second birthday. Um Mazel Tov. Thank you. We're very excited. We had a little party and everything. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, On Amazon, your local bookstores, people can reach out to me. I can tell them where to get it in Israel.
0: My next guest is Rosa Seidenwar. She is an extraordinary baker, and she's the author of the blog, Lily Rose Baker Blog. She has some awesome tips for you, and you can find her on Instagram at Rosa underscore Lily Rose. And you can check out our full baking demonstration on IGTV. Hi, Rosa. It's so great to talk to you. Hey, nice to see you. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Okay. Um, Thank you so much for having me. I am, um, my name is Rosa. I live in the south of Israel. Um, I have five kids (laughs) and Um, I, a few years ago, I did a sort of a change in career, I guess. I don't know. Um, um, I used to be a preschool teacher and I had a daycare at home, daycare at home. And, um, I decided to study pastry, uh, to be a pastry chef. Okay. I went to pastry school and, um, and now I am a food photographer, (laughs) So I specialize awesome. in, uh, you know, I love to. My my love is to photograph uh, desserts and baked goods, but I do all kinds of food. Um, and I have a baker's blog um, where I post recipes.
0: Awesome! And it's such a pretty blog, by the way.
1: Thank you so much. And I really love how you
0: can like just press and go direct to the recipe.
1: That is really important. Yeah. I actually, it's funny that you mentioned that because it was like the first thing that I put on my blog. <laughs> um you know there's like these memes where people complain and I've seen it because I'm on a lot of like foodie groups on Facebook and stuff like that and people complain they're like why do bloggers have to tell a whole story um and I get it but like to be to have a blog you need to have you have to have copy and you have to have SEO, and you have to have all these things and um it has to be there so if you don't want to read it you don't have to read it but it does have to be there so I like that you can go straight to the recipe
0: well I think the the nice thing about it is that like I don't I go back to the recipe like a bunch of times right because I see the recipe and then I save it and then when I go back to it like to to actually make it I don't want to have to scroll through again after I've already read the story
1: right and the truth is that most of my blogs don't have stories like okay there, I do, there is always like a, some introduction paragraph about the recipe, about why I like to make it or whatever, but it's, it's just a short paragraph. Um, what I like to put in my blog is actually helpful things that you will, like questions that you would ask. Like I'm answering your questions in my blog. So um, I'll say, can you freeze these muffins? For example, that's one of my paragraphs in my blog, even before you get to it, or what ingredients do you need to make this recipe? Or right. why should I make this recipe? Or... You know, I, I try and anticipate what questions you might have and then I answer them so that it's actually a resource and not an annoying, you know, story.
0: Okay, awesome. Um, so we actually just made Hanukkah muffins together. I'm going to call them Hanukkah, Hanukkah donuts together. Okay. okay. They're, what donut do you muffins. officially call the recipe? They're donut muffins
1: donut, muffins. donut muffins.
0: Okay. So cinnamon sugar donut muffins that we just made. We were, I was talking with Rosa and I was like, we need like a, I need, like standing and making like fried donuts, like sufganiyot is really time-consuming because those are yeast donuts and they take a lot of time, and it, it's like a lot of like pachki. And I don't know about you, but I don't have a lot of free time, <laughs> and, and and that's not really. I don't enjoy baking that much, so that's not how I really want to spend my time. Uh, so yeah. so I feel like we just did this demo, and if you want to see it, you can check it out on. Instagram, on YouTube, on Facebook, wherever. Uh, and you can watch me in my kitchen cooking because we did it together. Rosa directed me. And like what I liked about this recipe was I didn't even need to pull out my mixer. It was, it was pretty fast and easy. Uh, it took total like 15 minutes probably. And I, d- I don't know. it was, And it smells so good. I haven't tasted them yet, but <laughs> <laughs> it smells super yeah, good. It
1: does make the house smell really good when they're baking. Amazing,
0: yeah. So what I love about this is that, okay, so like we said, this particular recipe, it was pretty fast to make. It wasn't a lot of pachki because you don't have to stand there and fry everything. It's perfect for Hanukkah because it's chalavi and it has oil in it, right? So like you hit like the boat, it's dairy and it has oil in it. And it's great because I could make them now like, well, now we're, it's not Hanukkah when we're talking, recording this. So I can make them now and, um, and freeze them. Yeah. I mean, I don't think they're going to last that long. Well,
1: that's what I always say about like in a lot of my recipes when I, you know, I like to answer the question, can these freeze? And I usually write, they can freeze, they freeze beautifully, but they're not going to make it to the freezer <laughs> <there." laughs> um, Because once that smell, I you know, especially now with all the kids home right a like, minute I have anything like that going on in my kitchen people come out of their rooms you know out of their <laughs> room, they out of this, and they're like what are you making
0: <laughs> their your kids must uh must be happy all the time with all the baked goods that you make
1: they are but like it's also a little frustrating because I'm I photograph everything that I make yeah so um like this week I actually have been doing like you said standing over the oven frying which not my favorite thing the stove not right. my favorite thing to do but I've been doing it for the blog and so I have like um I've been I've been having a lot of donuts in the house, and the kids keep saying, "Can I eat this now? Can I eat this now?" And I keep saying, "No, not yet, not yet. No, I'm to photograph them. Don't touch anything on this counter. You cannot touch." <laughs> and they get it, but it's a bit frustrating. <laughs> at the beginning.
0: I hear that. I hear that. So tell us some like your top, you know, three tips for organizing while you're baking.
1: Okay, so I actually touched upon this um, when we were baking just now in the live. I would say number one, without a question, is to do a mise en place. So okay. mise en place is a French term, but it basically just means putting everything in its place, and you—it's basically preparing for baking. Um, and I would—I don't—I'm not really a cook. I don't do much cooking at home, <laughs> um, but
0: who feed sorry, your kids?
1: I take, I take it's enough. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it works for cooking too. So basically, um, one way to do it is you get out a whole bunch of little bowls. Um, it could be measuring spoons and measuring cups or whatever it is, but you take all the ingredients that you're going to, you read the recipe through, take all the ingredients that you're going to need and measure them out okay. before you start anything. And the reason that's so important is like, one of the reasons is that you see if you have everything you need. It's happened to me so many times where I'm reading a recipe and I've already mixed the eggs and the sugar. And then I realize that I'm <laughs> out of baking powder or whatever. So I'm like, wait, someone has to run to the McCollet, you know, <laughs> it happens. Um, but, but doing your mise en place properly actually prevents that obviously, because you can see before you, you mix anything, right. Um, what you, what you have. And another way, reason is that it just makes everything goes much quicker and smoother. Um, and it also makes cleanup easier. Um,
0: Even though there's more pieces to clean up.
1: There are more pieces to clean. There are, it, it also doesn't have to be, um, So many, you can do a smart mise en place. So for example, um, if you read, if you read the recipe all the way through, so including the instructions, not only ingredients, then you can um, actually learn this in pastry school. Um, You can, you don't have to use a bowl for each thing. For example, if you read the recipe, it says um, that you're going to be mixing in the dry ingredients. So instead of having a bowl with flour, another bowl with baking powder, another bowl with salt, another bowl with cinnamon, you do the one bowl, you have the flour, the cinnamon, the salt, the baking powder, um, the nutmeg, whatever it is. And that's just the one bowl. You've already measured everything out into there. Okay. So, and you can do that with other ingredients too. Um, I think in pastry school, we did it with, um, like egg and vanilla always go together usually, you know, so you don't need a bowl for the vanilla. You just put it in with the egg, things like that. Um, so if you're like really, you know, you have to read the recipe through because you don't want to mix. I around. hate
0: reading the recipe all the way through. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to just say that it's like, it's like one more step Don't no me. I hear you. I hear you
1: but
0: okay. But I'm going to, yeah. that's your advice. I'm going to, I'm going to make sure to read it like three uh, times before I bake it. Yeah. That, yeah. That's, I think, that's, I think what the difference between like a baker and a cook is. Because it's like, oops, I didn't read it all the way through. But if you're cooking, you can compensate. But when you're baking, because it's like science, you can't.
1: Right. I, right. I, I so it's know. like a certain
0: temperament that's a baker.
1: I, <laughs> <laughs> the truth is that I'm not, I'm not that... Um, like specific it's not good don't don't do what I do what I <laughs> but, you know even with measuring I'll be like for example like vanilla I'll, I'll almost never measure a teaspoon of vanilla I'll be like okay this looks like enough or whatever you know right
0: okay um, okay
1: but so it's not as
0: sciencey as we think
1: <laughs> well certain things are and certain things aren't and I think it comes with experience and with like Practice, you know what Practice. I mean? Practice,
0: like, got it, right. You know, sort of right.
1: an right. eye for it.
0: <laughs> so here's the thing my husband, I sent him a list of the ingredients when he went to the store because he's the one doing the shopping right now. And I said, I really don't want to make these dairy. Can we make them parv? Can you please go? Can you get some almond milk? And he didn't realize that he got almond milk that had like extra added sugar. And he's like, it's okay, just use a little less sugar. And I'm like, no. I can't do that because I'm not a good baker. Like, I don't know how much less to add. You can do that when you're baking because you bake all the time and you're good at it. But like, I'm not. So like, I needed all the ingredients to be exactly what, what was there. Yeah. Are you
1: like that in cooking also or no? No. Okay. Like in cooking, you, you'll switch stuff out.
0: Yeah, and cooking, I'll switch stuff out, because I know it, it matters less, but I never know, like, in baking, if 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 I do something, will it hinder the chemical reaction right. that's happening?
1: That's true, They're, right, there and, are ratios that you want
0: right. to do. Right, and if you're a regular baker, like, you'll have experience with those things, but since I really don't enjoy it, and I don't do it that much, and like, like my kids are kind of shocked if I bake something, <laughs> and the funny part is, is like, when we first got married, I used to bake all the time and like I'm a little bit famous for like red velvet cake
1: oh wow. I make I this like <laughs> this par
0: of red velvet cake with with par of cream cheese frosting and everybody loves it and although Israelis think it's weird but <laughs> it's definitely like an American cake it is American. yeah but um I used to bake that I used to make apple turnovers like I used to do all sorts of things and then my I guess after our oldest son was born my husband just sort of took it over and the only thing I ever made was challah and so my kids are like really shocked if I'm actually right. making something I love
1: that okay cool that sounds good
0: we have we have a good division of labor in our house That's I think saying. I yeah. wouldn't complain <laughs> yeah um no I'm totally not complaining sure. just saying like I don't feel comfortable making making those adjustments because I just don't feel like I'm experienced enough anyway okay so what are some other tips so we talked about the mise en place what else
1: my my number one tip my second tip I would say is um and this is a bit polarizing actually I would say clean as you go okay (laughs) Um, not if you're
0: doing a cooking demonstration (laughs)
1: <laughs> right <laughs> well look what you did I think was really great you everything that you finished using you put straight into the sink yeah see that's clean as you go like that's okay. enough in other words you will have to your sink of dishes later but you don't have it now all over the counter in your space you right I mean? right so, so I really so that I even mean that as thanks for as
0: noticing as that
1: <laughs> of course well I'm impressed and I think that's a really really smart thing to do because I'll also so you if you're doing the mise en place then your ingredients are already away so right. you know what, I mean? you've already done one step of the clean as you go, because if you're not doing the mise en place and you have your flour out and your sugar out, um, then I would recommend if you're not doing st- tip one, then at least do tip two, which is once you put your flour in, put it away. Put it away.
0: That right. Right. So as soon as I put it into the bowl for, for mise en place, I I put the flour straight back into the cabinet. Exactly by the way another plus to preparing your ingredients in advance is that then they have a chance to come to room temperature right
1: right yes so not all recipes you want things to room temperature but most baking ones you do although not like doughs not (laughs) doughs okay um, some doughs it depends obviously it's not a there's not a one hard fast rule but for example um for like, um, I can't remember the name right now. For pastry dough, basically, okay. like a pie crust. Yeah, like, it like um flaky dough. I don't know. Oh. You, I don't know what you call it in English. Oh,
0: pastry dough, puff pastry, pastry. dough, puff yeah. pastry.
1: Not puff pastry, because that's a whole other thing. But, oh, okay. But yeah, but pastry dough in Hebrew okay. it's called um, which means like uh, flaky. Okay. Uh, um, you actually need cold butter and cold ingredients. Some people, some pastry chefs even put their flour in the fridge to, or freezer to cool down before okay. they start. Um, but okay, I, <laughs> that's a tangent for another time. <laughs> um, yeah, next time you have me on the podcast, <laughs>
0: we'll do that. Okay. Uh,
1: we'll talk about that. But so, about um, so, yes, yeah, so it's great to have like your egg at room temperature for most recipes. Um, there is science behind it, but it, I don't think we need to get into that. Okay. Yeah. Um, anyway, so that is really good. Plus, um, yeah, so I, I like preparing in advance. I like cleaning as you go. Okay. And number three. Uh, okay. So for my third tip, I would say have fun. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> I think that's a good one because like you said, you, you're you not a baker. Um, I think that anyone can be a baker. I don't think you have to be a baker to be a baker. <laughs> okay. Uh, to bake. Okay, I, let me change that. I don't think you have to be a baker to bake. Um, I think that like you saw when we, we put this recipe together in 15 minutes, I bet you if you weren't listening to me the whole time, you would be able to do it even quicker. Um, and it's pretty straightforward, you know, as it is, even if you wanted to use the... almond milk with vanilla for example with with, um extra extra sugar sugar. you know even if you didn't change the sugar amounts it'll be a little sweeter these donuts you know what i mean like i one of the things i think that stops people is that they they tell themselves oh i'm not a baker oh i can't you know and um if you sort of like let go and just have fun and enjoy the experience um bring little ones into the kitchen with you if you can if you have them around or bigger ones um (laughs) you know, just like sort of let go and have fun, then it yeah. actually is fun. Um, I find baking to be super therapeutic for me. It's just like, you know, me and ingredients and, you know, I can sort of just like. Well,
0: love. what I like about it is that like when I'm making challah, I see I need to focus. So if there was something else going on, it, it it's like I have to go into this whole funnel where I like I or a tunnel like I have to have tunnel vision to 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 bake so that I because you have to count uh you know you're you're counting out your even even when you're preparing at the beginning like for so I make kala so you got to count the the cups of flour because if you put in an extra cup what was you you know like (laughs) (laughs) so so I feel like you're you're in the zone and and it's a way to like turn out the outside world.
1: And to forget all your worries.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So if you have worries, start baking.
1: I mean, who doesn't have worries? (laughs) Right.
0: How can people reach you if they have a question and tell everybody what you're up to?
1: Okay, so um, you guys can find me on Instagram. That's where I spend most of my day. (laughs) Um, My Instagram is at Rosa underscore Lily Rose. L-I-L-Y-R-O-S-E. Um, and um, you can also find me at my blog where I share lots of yummy recipes and easy recipes is mainly what you'll find there. Um, like the recipe that Rebecca and I just baked. Um, my blog is lilyrosebakersblog.com. Um, and I'm right now, currently, I'm very into food photography and I am creating lots of gorgeous images stop motion videos and you can see my portfolio and all of that on my brand new website rosasideandwar.com um, I'll spell it for you it's r-o-s-a-s-e-i-d-e-n-w-a-r.com
3: thanks so much Rosa for
0: joining us today uh and so much for <laughs>
1: having me. this was so much fun Rebecca
0: Thank you. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. And if you want to catch the video of me baking with Rosa, uh, head over to Facebook or Instagram or YouTube and uh, look, look me up there and you can find the channel. Everywhere. It's everywhere. <laughs> It'll be in the show notes. And finally, today we have Tamar Anj, the author of The Taste of Challah Cookbook. She's joining us to talk about organizing when baking challah and how to store ingredients, along with some helpful tips on how to get everyone in your family involved with cleanup. Tamar, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do.
3: So my name is Tamar Ansh. I'm originally from Cleveland, Ohio, and I live in Jerusalem now. Um, I do lots of things, but the thing that I here for is the challah business that I've built up over the last 15, 20 years. And you know, some of it is how I got there, and some of it is how do you stay organized while you do something like that. You know, I've been baking for years and years and years, and I definitely have my workarounds. What I do in order to make things happen in shorter amounts of time and how to keep it basically organized while I'm doing that in addition to other things.
0: Excellent. Tell us, um, tell us your t- let's dive right in. Tell us your three best tips for staying organized while baking.
3: Okay, so um, let's say, for instance, that I'm going to be giving a show through what I call my Jerusalem Chal experience. So I've learned that if I'm going to go to a show, I have to make sure that I come with a certain amount of things and that they are prepared in advance. Now, you could take that and apply it to your own life, too. If I'm going to make challah, and let's say I do want to do it on Friday, which I do not suggest to most people, until you're you're better about you know, how you organize your things in general for Shabbos.
0: And time but management. Do
3: do yeah. yeah. <laughs> so let's say I do want to do it on Friday. So I spend a lot of time on Thursday, then I decide that X amount of hours is allowed to go to work, and then I have to stop. I work from home, like many of us do. Okay, and then I, I must make myself a, a, an actual limit to how many hours is going to be there. And I look at the clock, and that's the time that I've got to get off, The weather, whatever, whatever happens. So the things that are most urgent for that day or through the end of the week have got to happen by that hour. And everything else has to like go down on a list. Often what I'll do is email myself the list of the things that I did not yet get to finish that have to happen the first thing that I sit down the next time. This way I cannot forget it. Other times, I'll even email it to myself, but with a time warp so that it lands in my inbox, say, on Sunday at 11 o'clock in the morning when I know I'm going to be sitting down the first thing. And then I, in comes the email. This way, it doesn't it doesn't go all the way to the bottom of the, of the list. So by the time I get to Sunday, there's like 45 emails, and I don't even <laughs> see my own. <laughs> <laughs> it me a lot. Um, anyways, so let's say I'm starting to bake. The thing that I find most gives you the fastest turnaround for baking and also the most pleasure besides everything else is to simply clear your workspace first. Now, I know that might sound really silly, but depending on whether you have a big workspace or a small one, I have have something on the medium, smallish side. So if you're in a small area, it's even more important to do this. You feel less cluttered and your mind is more open if you just clear the area. And no matter what it takes, set a timer for 10 minutes or 15 minutes in that amount of time, usually within 10 minutes, you can clear enough space to make a vast difference. Then I take out the recipe and leave it down where I can see it. If I don't have where to see it, I take a simple piece of tape and I tape it to the cabinet right in front of me. and, And then I take out everything I need for the recipe in front of me so that you're not running around trying to find it. And oh, no, it says three cups of sugar. and I only got a cup and a half and there's nothing else in the house. You know, in the meantime, the eggs are already beating. And if you don't put it in on time, the eggs fall, the cake doesn't come out the same, or the fowl or whatever it is you're doing. So I try to make sure I've got it all in advance. And if I don't, then I stop before I start. And I either push myself to go out to the store, which thankfully by me is across the street, or because I have, you know, the great pleasure of living in an apartment building. And I, you know, you've always got those neighbors that you can knock on. There's always something in every building. I'm one of those people, too. People always knocking. can I have two eggs? Can I have a cup of sugar? Can I have this? Can I have that? Um, so I make sure that I've got it before I start so that I don't run into those problems. The thing that makes the biggest difference to me really, though, is that clearing of the space. So that's already two things, the clearing of the space and making sure that you have everything in advance. I know I didn't say anything that's at all an Einstein over here. This is all regular stuff that I'm sure everybody knows. Um, but it's good to hear it anyways. Yeah. and that and then, besides everything else, so I'm very into looking at the clock, how long things really take. So I'll find that people will put off, especially something like challah, because, oh, it takes so long. Now, challah does take longer than a, than an average chocolate cake. That is true because there's many steps to it, right? But you can break it down into into um into doable things. So let's say I know already that a dough, I'm usually talking for myself I'm doing a bigger dough with my mixer going on and the fact that I don't consider the process done until I've also cleaned out the mixer bowls and the okay. pieces. that I need, Right. I don't like to leave it. Although it happens to me all the time too. I also get stuck in the middle and I also have to leave it. Yes. But um, ideally I do it immediately because this way, I'll, if it doesn't, it doesn't, you know, first of all it doesn't get stuck to the bowl and you wind up with this big process afterwards. It really only takes about four minutes to clean up if you clock it. Now, if you clock what you're doing and you even turn, I have a little timer on my oven. It's digital and I'm able to turn it on and say to myself, "Okay, in five minutes or seven minutes or eight minutes, whatever, people are going to look at me like eight minutes. How's it different than 10? It is different than 10. (laughs) Right. If I tell you, and even when I when I would drive to somebody and I wanted to tell them to be outside to wait for me, I could literally tell them eight minutes. Okay. sometimes, yes, traffic will stop things. But if I I know it usually really takes about four minutes to get there. So I would say eight minutes because I knew where I am that I knew it's going to take a little longer because of the traffic all around me. And I really meant it. Like it bothers me a lot when people say to me, Oh, I'll be there in 10. But they're not, they're not even looking at the clock. They didn't even know what time they said it to me. And they're nowhere near 10 minutes. In the meantime, I'm out there waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. Where are you already? Because I have to be someplace else. I'm sorry, but 10 minutes is a lot of time. Right. In just 10 minutes, you really could clean up. A certain portion of your kitchen. If you look at it as portions, and that is one very big mess. Okay. Like look at portions. Like I, I look at it often from the left side to the right. Maybe because that's also how you write in English. But <laughs> <you> <laughs> know, like the left. So which area bothers you the most? Look at the areas. Is it the left side? Is it the right side? Is it the table? Whichever area. Don't walk around and around and around and around and around. Just doing a little bit of each thing. Pick one area: the table, the sink the area that you were just baking at, whichever the area is, and only clean that one side till it's all done. Then you turn around. I this from a friend of mine who is super organized. I'm no one near as organized as her, but it is a very, very good tip. Then you're done, you turn on a timer, you don't let yourself do anything else but that one area, unless of course a baby cries or something like that. But you know, you, you make yourself finish that area, clear off the table completely. And don't just take it off the table and put it on the counters you didn't clear anything, then you just moved the mess from one area to another.
0: Exactly.
3: That was something I taught my kids when, when they were younger. I was like, I don't want to see it pushed around. I want everything in a quote in its place. Everything in a home is how I used to call it. Right. You so, have
0: to ha- first ha- put everything in a home. Like you got to give everything a space to live before you're able to do that. But that's a whole nother episode, I think.
3: <laughs> yeah, that whole other thing. But well, let's just <laughs> say your sugar usually goes here. Your salt usually goes there. And Then you have things on the table. You usually go here. You don't know what it is. It's it's little bits and bobs or whatever. Two two pieces of tuna that no one finished. Throw it in the garbage. <laughs> you know, then you don't have to store it. <laughs> Your hand. Or the kids would say, No. You know, my 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 kids are young adults, but they would say, But I don't know where everything goes. I'm like, Pick each one up. I wouldn't let them off the hook for that. Pick it up. And if you really don't know where it goes, say, Mommy, where does this go? Exactly. And then exactly.
0: My response is always, what do you mean you don't know where it goes? Haven't we lived here all this time?
3: <laughs> it's usually just an excuse because they get overwhelmed by the overwhelm. Right. That's really the reason. A hundred percent. We're all a little lazy. And yeah, you're lazier in your teen- teenage years than you are when you get older. But at the end of the day, it doesn't have to be so terrible. The, the Setting the timer and saying, look at the time. In 10 minutes, if everyone does something, and let's say you have three people there with you, and you split up the work between all four of you, In ten minutes, that's forty minutes of time. If it's joint, you can really accomplish a lot in the kitchen. Right. So, like, really, the honest truth, the best tip that I have is to do all this on Wednesday night, so that as I get into Thursday, it doesn't have to be such a big, big deal. I try to do my shopping in advance of Thursday. Thursdays, and if you live in Jerusalem, especially, it's a crazy day in every store. Right. Triple the time when I could do it in half the time. (laughs) if you just go out on tuesday or wednesday it's so much easier to shop then. people are not out there with as much pressure as it is then but let's go back to the kitchen i would and you know say say it was me and my and my girls i would say each person's going to pick one side one of us is the milk side one of us the flesh side one of us walking all that part where you're walking around putting everything in place kind of thing Mm -hmm. you know and, and then and then set a timer like it doesn't have to be so terrible but we are not leaving this room until it's done And sometimes, yeah, the mess was bigger. It took one like half an hour, 45 minutes each person. But if you leave it to one person, it's an all night thing. Right. If you leave it to three, then it can really be done. And it actually is more pleasant to be with Exactly. You could turn on a little music, you know.
0: I also think it's faster when you're working with other people because they're motivated because you're all working together.
3: Yeah, and you also don't get as tired as quickly or as overwhelmed by it. Like, just seeing right. the mess trying to, to disappear may, gives you its own motivation. Right, and knowing you that you're not alone. want to talk to you or they're not interested in whatever. So I tell them, so put in earphones and you could talk to a friend. I don't mind if you talk to the friend as long as we're working. But to sit on the couch and talk to the friend while I'm working, like, that's sorry. Like, it's not <laughs> oh, so okay. Like, I want everyone doing it together. Even when they say to you, they could do it later. Yes, they probably will do it later. But... And they, and they, and they, and it's not that I didn't trust that they're going to do it later, but I want to do it now and get it done together because together works that much better. And then you look around and like to see all the dishes. And to me, also, like, you know, let's see, you're washing dishes by hand. Yeah. So you put them on those schmata things that go down on your counter. Right. And it's better than nothing, you know, but really, it's really nice if you do it all the way. Like, it can't say this always happened, but to do it all the way meant that, you know, you finish the dishes and while they're drying, it takes, generally speaking, 10. 20 minutes maybe for dishes to air dry while it's right. had sleep before. And then you turn around and go back to the things on the counter and really put them all away. Now that really gives you a real present.
0: We always say in our house, teamwork's make, teamwork makes the dream work. Like yeah. if we all work together, we all get to have all the things we want to have because we are spending less time doing like the yucky tasks, like the dishes and whatever. And then, if you help me do these things, then I can help you with whatever you need help with, you know. And once once everybody understands that, it's a lot easier to get everybody on the on board.
3: Yeah, or like they want to go out. I should take them wherever. I'm like, I'm fine. We're going to go out. And we, as soon as, instead of saying, we're not going until the kitchen's done, which is a negative way to talk to the parent, Instead, I would say, we're going out just as soon as this is done. The faster it's done, the faster we get out of here. You know, and um, that often helps. And sometimes, yeah, we didn't have that luxury because we had to be out by X time. Right. Well, you know, not everything always works exactly so. But another thing that I learned, I actually learned this from um, from somebody else who taught parenting classes. on when the kids were really small, but I used it through the older ages. When I, let's say Friday, you want certain things done in our kitchen. So a lot of us do the mistake of barking out orders for lack of a better way of saying it, right? And you don't realize it's how you're sounding, but it is how you're coming across, like more like a general. Why? Because you want to get things done quickly and and etc. So my kids found it much easier before they came home from school, which is like within their teenage years, I would make um, a list for each one with their name on it, you know, and say like let's say the child, let's say the, the, the person's name was Rifka or, or you know, or David or something like that. So their name would their name would be on the top of it. It was like a thin, thin, small a small piece of paper, because it's a big piece of paper, it looks overwhelming. <laughs> and um I would make bullet points or or numbers. And let's say i would limit it to something like five what i would call their jobs right and let's say it said clear the counters on the left side you know put away the laundry on the couch you know and take your shower you know or something like that and um and then clear i would say clear the carpet or clear the couches or or clear the the area you know whatever like things like that instead of just saying fix the living room which is very overwhelming just deal with the carpet each person can think to themselves like what little things like build up to the big things would really help you. If somebody was doing, sometimes it's hard to comp- compartmentalize. I have friends who are like, no, they can't let anybody else into the kitchen. Well then, sorry for saying this, but you're kind of creating your own problem. Um, but <laughs> you could like, it's true. Like people would say to me, how do you deal in a small kitchen with so many people around you? Yeah. So that can get challenging, especially on a Friday um, or on a busy day. So, but if they, if you like, First of all, you have to just hold your breath, some of it. But if you get when I made these little things like before they came home, especially on a Friday, they didn't like it when I would say to them, come on, keep doing this, do that, do this, do that, until like you're dropping, until you get to candlelight, right? They right. wanted to have a beginning and an end. So when I mapped out to myself, each person is doing X, Y, Z, here's their papers. And if if it was um vacation time when they were coming home from school but they're sleeping late, I would tack it. <laughs> I would I would hang it on a piece of tape right there at the edge of their bed where I knew they had to see it <laughs> get up. Um and see it. I'm like, just please make sure this is done before, let's say I wanted it done, you know, seven o'clock is the deadline. It's done before five thirty. Then you can have, do whatever you want after that. And that worked very, very well when they were younger. You cannot expect younger children to be your to be your literal house help. But you can expect that they're gonna take part in the in the in the the pulse of the house, right? So right. What I went differentiate that and if you need more help than that that's where cleaning help comes in.
0: Tamar, do you have any tips for us on best practices when baking challah in particular? Like temperature of the room or how we can set things up with the mixer or I don't I don't know.
3: So the begin with challah, like in the years where I was sifting the flour because you had to sift it for bugs or to aerate it. So getting that done, especially the night before, inside of a big garbage bag so it didn't go all over the table on the floor, like I Mm
1: -hmm.
3: would sift the bag, that was a big one for me. Um, You know, so like this is something I don't want to frighten anybody, but (laughs) let's say I needed to sift 12 kilos of flour. That's a lot of flour. It is. So, but that what's what would happen if I had a very big order or very big jobs coming up over the next two days or next day and a half, and I needed an awful lot of flour. I learned now, this is not worth my time. It comes today pre-sifted, already bug-free, etc. It cost me an extra, I don't even know, 50, 50-odd growth, or something I'll get or a half, even if it's a shekel more for bag. That's worth my time. So now I just buy cases like that. It's much okay. more than the- Is it used to, yes. How do you 50- store your flour? I have, It comes in a box, right? And there's a certain area in my kitchen and there's a nook near my table and that's where it goes. It's in the case. Mm-hmm. And then in general, I, I learned not to buy like four boxes at a time unless they're really going to go through it within a week or two because you don't want to store boxes right you don't I leave it if, in the freezer if it's pre-sifted and it comes with um, like it's uh, what's it called dog free like it comes in a, it's what they call a tomb like it's already sealed as long as you don't open the bag you don't have to put it anywhere mm-hmm. and as long as the air is still in there once you've opened it or the air comes out so then yeah you have to put it in the freezer mm-hmm. Um, and I try not to have to have too many in the freezer because what's all that all over the place right right,
0: right i hear you tamar can we talk about storing other types of ingredients like yeast and sugar and eggs what do you what do you where do you usually store those things and how do you usually store them
3: um i have a shelf in my fridge that actually it was meant to be for the ice container like you put ice cubes in it my freezers i took it out from there i don't need to store that amount of ice all the time okay and i and instead of the silly egg tray they give you, which only holds twelve eggs. I mean I guess if you live alone and you're only gonna use one egg a day, twelve eggs helps you. But twelve <laughs> eggs helps you. if you're cooking, like eight eggs already goes into an average cuddle. If you know, I'm like, talking about a big one, like a potato cuddle. And and how you need another three or four, and like that's ready to hold twenty twelve eggs. So without even eating anything in the weekday. So whatever, I take them out of the trays. The trays are dirty and they have a lot of little like pieces of you don't know what and a lot of times bugs in them too. So I'll take out of the first tray. So I have some refrigerated. I don't usually have room in the fridge for 40 eggs. So let's say 20 or 25 went in the fridge. I know those can sit there longer. And the ones that are, yes, still on the counter, those are the ones I'm using first so that they're they're used up. I try not to order too much. In, so that helps me. Okay. Um, and then as far as sugar and stuff like that, I don't know. Many, many years ago, I think someone even gave it to me for a wedding present. You know those big blue containers with the snap-on lids that I think they come from? Tupperware. Uh, yeah. So I've got one for sugar. I've got one for cocoa and I've got one. I used to have one for salt. Nowadays okay. you can get you know, like a kilo clear containers. So I keep those as storage. Okay. What about yeast? I, bags, I empty it into it and finish, you know, and then I throw the bags away. Um, yeast. So yeast is its own animal. You know, I'm always talking about on my, you know, shows and things like that. People don't know how to deal with yeast. If it's dry yeast, dry active yeast, you cannot just buy it and then leave it in the cabinet, even though it tells you it could on the package. Um, I do buy the bigger vacuum packed things that, yes, it's a lot of yeast at once, but this keeps me from having to run out every time I want to decide to throw together a, a quick dough or, right. or whatever. And, oh, there's no yeast in the house. So I buy it like that. I open the package, I pour it into a container with a good lid. Like in my case, it's an old JIF container, a peanut butter container with a screw on lid. Okay. And um, that's all I'm using. It's there for, I don't know how many years, at least 20. I open the container, I pour it in, I use what I need. And immediately I do not leave it to sit overnight or even an hour. I immediately take that and I put it in the freezer, not the fridge. Um, in the freezer, your yeast is going to stay active almost forever. Not you know not really forever because as you use it up and there's more air in the, in the container, so sometimes it will make an impact. Like people write me, I followed your recipe and it didn't rise. The first question I'm going to ask that is, what kind of use did you use? How did you make it ready for use? And where was it stored? And 99% of the time, maybe it's a little high rate, let's keep it 98% of the time or 97, people will say to me, but I kept it in, you know, I opened the package last week. I opened the package a month ago. I left it in the whatever they're gonna tell me, the counter, the the fridge, the this, or that, and they didn't seal it and it's not in the freezer, etc. I'll say to them, it's so totally not worth your time. Throw it in the garbage. And go get yourself a new package, and yeah. definitely tell you. And every time, measure what you're doing. For for uh, let's say it's um, a regular um, amount of dough that I want to do a, a blessing on for for her freshest challis. So there, I'm using five pounds of flour, two point two five kilos. And yes, I use between two to two and a teaspoon, two tablespoons, or two, or two, two, two tablespoons a bit, plus a little bit more if you want to be a little extra on it. Um, for that amount of of, of flour, yes, it works. And the reason it works is because my, my yeast is at its is at its best strength. People say to me, but I put in four and five tables. It was like, oh, convey okay. <laughs> <I'm your laughs> <kishka. laughs> on your kitchen and on your family. That amount of yeast, yeast to begin with, uh, commercial yeast like this is really not actually that good for us. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it makes your stomach bloated, et cetera. Many people react to it not that well without realizing it's yeast. That's why there's such a big push for sourdough and whatever, which we're not getting into this conversation. No. But I do. <laughs> so much yeast for you. I do and um this i've been doing it for such a long time at least 20 years this way maybe more and it works every single time the same thing is like that's the dry yeast it's two two t- two tablespoons you know but if you're doing it in fresh yeast it, you either need 50 grams which is two ounces you know or you know go to if you're in israel or in, it'll come in grams or maybe also in europe but in the states it comes in ounces so a lot of times in the states it comes in a blunt fresh yeast so you have there you have to measure on two ounces of it
0: okay tamar what's your favorite topping for challah
3: in a regular year you know regular part of the year i'm taking one or two eggs depending on how many challahs it is the whole egg i put it in the glass and i mix it up and i brush it on the top this keeps it that keeps it on the top of the challah from drying out and it gives you that nice glaze that people are after you do not mm-hmm.
0: need
3: sugar in it you do not need honey in it i don't need to add any extra This the challah is already sweet and Uh, whatever calories we could save go ahead and like you don't need the sugar on it then um and i use a mixture of of, um of of seeds i'm using white sesame seeds when i can get them i like the look of the white plus black sesame seeds i don't like i don't remember the word for it in english the one called ketzach, which is like a sharp black seed and um so i'm using sesame seeds plus poppy seeds you know there's actually a reason for using those particular seeds um you know, but I'm using them also because of the way they look. I like I like the look of them. Yeah, the
0: we like the everything but the bagel topping on ours. Have you tried so that? I,
3: I got that and I I stopped using it because they put a lot of pieces of onion and garlic in it, and that I don't I don't like the taste of that. You don't like don't.
0: it? We make our own.
3: Yeah, yeah, you could do. I also make my own. I've got one where I just put in so a container like nice pieces of oatmeal. You know, when it's like not the whole, completely whole, but not completely ground either. So you have. Mm-hmm. And then sesame, you know, the different color seeds and maybe also some pumpkin seeds. and um, oh, pretty. T- that on top. And also maybe a few, a few, uh, uh, what's it called, sunflower seeds. And then all together with the the white and black sesame seeds and the poppy seeds and the oh, You put that on top of, like, especially, there's something about whole wheat. People want to see that on top of. I like that a lot. Uh, not everybody else in the family likes it, so they sit there picking it off the top. <laughs> <laughs> so if I want to stay traditional, I'm usually using sesame seeds and poppy seeds. Or okay. Sesame-
0: Tamar, how can everybody reach you?
3: So I've got two websites, a Experience.com or a tasteofchala.com. They both have a contact form on them. You're very willing to, to get on there. And I run, um, I don't like to use the word newsletter because it's too heavy sounding. I call it my challah bites. It's a, my challah community. And um, every time I'm doing an event, especially for just my community, it goes into that whenever, when I want to be able to send out a nice story or a thought for the, for the month or a thought about, Whatever um holidays coming up or recipes I want to share, I put it onto that too. Mm-hmm. And uh it's just you know a great place to be so that you go to the tastefowlow.com or the juice and Fowl Experience, and there you say you want to get onto follow bites, and then it, it puts you into the system. And when you go into the system, you also automatically get my free recipe download of what I call my incredible follow-bit. I happen to be selling right now a calibrating braiding video, um, what I call the beginner's guide. You know, it's just the braiding with Lots of tips. You come into my kitchen and I show you. I think it's six different kinds of braids, like a traditional six. Oh, um, okay. Is that your head. favorite braid? The traditional one is the one that almost everybody wants to learn because that's the look that people are expecting to see of cloud. Right. But a lot of stuff I did. I did the traditional, and then I did two other types of sixes that are made very simply. One of them looks sort of like a huggable candle. And one of them is like built on two two kinds of braids, and then I did a really beautiful four in that one, plus a number of small ones. So uh-huh. that one's on sale right now. I and take it
0: simple. I do the one strand.
3: <laughs> <laughs> the one strand that what that you just turn it into a roll? The,
0: no, like the one strand that you roll into a hollow Like you make it into an S and then a figure eight, and then you tuck the uh, ends in.
3: Yes, I, I have. I, I know how to do that one too. I like my sixes. Um, I just I like the rhythm to it. Yeah. You know, Whatever. So and then and then in the next few weeks, I'm going to be building out a number of more. Instead of like downloading people too much at once, I wanted to make my grading videos into short, um, understandable and doable bits. So each one is around. Well, right now I have the one, and I my next one is coming out soon. The next one I want to do a little higher level. I want to do another one on just simple Chalas, like when you're doing a special event. You know, there's i got very pretty napkin and rings. I've got stuff that goes over wine bottles. Awesome. And, you know, it's really fun stuff. And I want to do another one after that. You know, where I want to get all this done, obviously, well before pay soxelin. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to do another one and and um, like the more complicated shapes that are much less much less known, but they're very very pretty. So like those are for people who are really into their shapings.
0: Thank you so much for joining me today on the Journey to Organization podcast. You can check out how to reach all these great ladies on the show notes page for the podcast at balaganbegon.com forward slash podcast and then click on episode 155. You can also head to balaganbegone.com forward slash book to pre-order your copy of Organized Jewish Life and send it to a friend as a Hanukkah gift. We will make sure that we send your friend a certificate letting them know that they're getting the book as a gift from you as soon as it comes out. As a bonus, I sent everyone who pre-ordered a copy of the book, the Hanukkah chapter. The great thing about buying the book in pre-order is that it's going to give you some insight into the book early before anyone else has the options to see what's in the book. And it'll also give you a way to put your input into the book. Not only that, but buying a pre-ordered copy will help support me on this project in memory of my mother, Esther Batzara Vitzchak, And like I said, you'll get to help influence what the book looks like and the course that it takes. And if you're ready to declutter for 2021, join the Conquer Your Clutter Challenge course. The new round is starting January 3rd, 2021. You can head over to bit.ly forward slash conquer 2021. And if you have any questions, of course, email info at Rebecca saltzman.com That's R-E-B-E-K-A-H-S-A-L-T-Z-M-A-N. And I'll get back to you. For now, have a great week, happy Hanukkah, and happy organizing.
3: Thanks for listening to the Journey to Organization podcast. You can find Rebecca
1: on Twitter and Instagram at BalaGonBegon and on Pinterest as Rebecca Saltzman. Visit BalagonBegon.com for resources and to join the mailing list to get podcast updates.